0: Again, you should be in 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to study verses 6 and 7 this morning. Last week, we observed three things we have according to God's mercy. We have a perfect hope, a protected inheritance, and a present keeping. But Peter now builds on that as he tells believers how to handle trials. Folks, being a Christian does not eliminate trials coming in life. But the difference is, is we as Christians have God We know we have the power of God, we have the comfort of God to help us in trials. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how the lost world sometimes deals with some of the trials of life. But trials are going to come. Christ does not promise following him is a bed of roses. As a matter of fact, he said just the opposite, that those that follow him will suffer persecution. There will be trials, there's going to be temptations, there's going to be things that are going to happen in your life. But the way in which we choose to handle the trials are going to determine if we're going to grow grow closer to God or become angry and bitter against God. I have seen both. I have seen people make both choices who will trust God through the trial and allow the trial to draw them closer to God. And I have seen those that in the trial become angry and bitter at God and turn away from God. Christian, we need to be careful how we handle Trial. So let's read First Peter chapter one verses six and seven. It says, "Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith bring much more precious." I'm sorry. Let me first start verse seven again. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing. appearing Of Jesus Christ. So three things I want us to notice about trials this morning. First, I want us to see the response that we are to have to trials, our response to trials. Secondly, we'll observe the reasons trials come, the reasons trials come, and then we'll end with the reward for those that endure trials. So let's ask the Lord for his guidance, please. Father, again, I pray as we study your word this morning, again, we'd be reminded how to deal with trials in life. And may we learn to deal with them in a way that brings glory to you and draws us closer to you. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Verse six, Paul says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice that you now for a season, if DB be in heaviness, through manifold temptations, we need to remember that the rejoice in the fact that we're kept by the power of God. Aren't you glad? I'm kept by the power of God. We saw that last week, right? And verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I am glad that my eternal security doesn't depend on me and my ability, but it is, is totally dependent on the power of God. And so if I, as a child of God, am kept by God, then I can rejoice in the fact that no matter what happens, I am still a child of God. He is still in control. But the word's greatly rejoice has the idea to be exceeding exceedingly glad not just joyful but exceedingly glad and the fact that we're kept by the power of God Matthew 12 512 rather rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you Christian you, cannot, you know, I can have joy even in persecution and trials you say well how is that possible pastor because i remember my reward is in heaven when i became pastor here at freedom baptist church the gentleman who were interviewing me at the time jokingly said we want you to understand the retirement package you're going to get here at freedom baptist church is out of this world and i took me a second then i started laughing i'm like got it But the truth is, folks, is we need to remember, if I can use that analogy, for we Christians, our retirement package is out of this world. You know, so many strive for the retirement in this world, and if you can get to retirement and enjoy it, that's a wonderful thing. But the truth is that so many, by the time they get there, can't enjoy it because their health is gone or whatever the situation might be. But I am thankful that I have rewards in heaven that are eternal. Aren't you? We also need to remember nothing happens in life that God does not allow. Now, remember, we said before, it doesn't mean God causes it to happen But he allows it to happen and we have a great example of this in scripture do we not as the angels come and present themselves and satan comes and presents himself to god god asks satan where have you been and he says going through up and down throughout the earth and god challenges him says have you considered my servant job and satan accuses job and says yeah but the only reason why he serves you god is because you have this hedge of protection about him, and you've taken care of him, and he's doing well in life. You take away what he has, and I promise you he'll curse you. What's that show us? Satan didn't have power unless God said so. So God says to Satan, okay, you can take away everything he has. And boy, Satan didn't hesitate to do so, did he? one messenger after another, telling him all his cattle, his sheep, his oxen, his his family, all had died within a matter of moments because the messengers were just running as fast as they can to him to give him these messages. Yet Job did not charge God foolishly. He did not accuse God. He still maintained his integrity. And so now Satan is standing before God again. And this time, Satan says, well... Yeah, but a man will give anything for his own health. And God then gives him permission. Okay, you can take Job's health, just spare his life. And we know Satan did so, and Job still maintained his integrity. Now understand something. Job didn't know... Why all this was happening to him. That's very obvious when you look at his friends who came to comfort him and the conversation among he and his friends. He didn't know why God was allowing this to happen. And many times in trials, we don't know why God is allowing it to happen, but we can rest in this much. Nothing is going to happen that God has not allowed. And if he has allowed it in my life, then he knows that by his strength, not my own I can handle it. We've all faced some serious trials in life. We've all faced things in life, but God is trying to use those. He doesn't allow those things because he hates you. He doesn't allow those things because he's trying to make your life miserable. He allows those things because he's trying to draw yourself to him. And let me tell you, some of the hardest times in my life I would not replace now having gone through them because it's during those times that I grew closer to God. Therefore, we can count it all joy. James says in James one two through four, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Diverse temptation. The word diverse and the word manifold in First Peter chapter uh, one and verse six, where it says, through manifold temptations, are the same. Greek word has the idea of being many temptations. God is trying to build your patience. There's going to be many temptations, many trials, but patience only comes from being tried. Kind of goes along with our sister's testimony about learning to wait on God. Well, how do we learn to wait on God? Through trials, through struggles. Because do we learn patience when we have everything at our fingertips? And everything happens real smoothly. Did we learn patience in that? No. Realize the victories that we have in Christ, First Corinthians 10:13, "There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it." Now, our temptations are not unique. First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, talk about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the three areas in which every one of us is tempted. There's nothing new under the sun, our, uh, Solomon has told us. There's nothing unique that happens to you that hasn't already happened, but God is faithful. He's provided a way of escape. Many times that may just be His grace. So we've seen our response to trials. Let's look secondly at the reason for trials. Verse 7, trials refine or purify faith. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory under the appearing of Jesus Christ. When you put wood or hay or whatever like that in a fire, what happens to it? It burns, it's consumed, and you're left with a pile of ashes. But if you put gold and silver and precious metals into a fire, what happens to them? The impurities, the dross, comes to the surface, you can skim it off, and you can make it purer. purer. So God says, when he puts us in trials, that is his desire for us. Not to be consumed by the fire, but to be purified by the fire. To remove the impurities, if you will. To remove that lack of faith and trust in Him. To remove the sin in our lives. To help us grow closer to Him. To help to learn the patience. To learn to trust Him. To be more faithful to Him. He's helping remove those impurities. But the only way sometimes that can happen, the only way that happens with gold, is by heating it up. There's no other way to get it done. And so God has allowed trials in our lives to help purify us. Because remember, he has predestinated that we, once we're born again, children of God, are to be conformed to the image of Christ, be made like in the image of Christ. And so if I'm going to be made Christ-like, that means all the things that aren't Christ-like have to be removed. Now, that sometimes may feel painful at the moment if anybody has ever had some type of maybe a cyst or some type of growth or something that needs to be removed when they go and cut that thing out it hurts does it not but boy you feel better after it's finally out don't you see there was pain involved in the process of making you better So you and I need to consider trials a precious thing as God draws us closer to himself and removes the dross from our lives. Sometimes God puts us in the fiery trials. Job said in Job 23.10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. We sing the song about God leading his children along. It says, Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Now, While it is true that the trials we go through are common, in other words, it's something that's not unique. It may be different for each one in this room. Some through the fire, some through the water, some through the different types of trials that we go through because God knows you, God knows your makeup, He knows exactly your personality, and He knows what's best, the best trial, if I can say it that way, for you to endure to bring you closer to Him. See, some people, maybe their area of struggle is finances. So God will give you a financial trial to help help you learn to trust him and not your finances. Some may be things. And maybe, you know, I mean, we've heard several unfortunate uh, incidents here lately of people losing their homes to fire. But again, God can use that to try to bring somebody, don't rely on your things, trust me. Okay, And that may sound harsh of God, but it's not. Because again, his purpose is to draw us closer to him. It also proves the genuineness of one's faith. Now, God doesn't need to know, because God already knows. But it's for our benefit. Okay, so when God told Abraham, I want you to take Isaac, and I want you to take him up to Mount Moriah and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Abraham knows Isaac is the promised son. He knows through Isaac it's supposed to be this great nation that's going to come. Yet Abraham obeys God, gathers the servants up, they travel all that distance, and then he leads the servants to the base of the mountain, says the child and I are going to go, we're going to worship God, and by the way, it's in the plural, and we will come again. Now, let me tell you something, that's faith. Because Abraham knows that God is required, he's going to sacrifice his son at the top of this mountain. But he also knows, somehow, some way, he knows that he's going to be risen some way. And the book of Hebrews even tells us he received him as from the dead. And so, as they leave the rest of the crowd, his son asks him an obvious question. He says, Dad, we have the wood we have the fire, Uh, we're missing the lamb. But the words of Abraham, God shall provide himself a lamb. Very prophetic statement, by the way. And as Abraham ties up Isaac, which, by the way, Abraham's an old man at this point. Isaac, a 16-year-old lad, approximately, very, probably very strong, probably could have overpowered his dad, but his dad ties him up, puts him on the altar, is about ready to plunge the knife through him as the angel of the Lord stops him and he turns around and there's a ram caught in the thicket and they offered a ram. Now, in Abraham's mind, he had already sacrificed his son. I believe when it says that the angel called unto Abraham, that I believe he was to the point of having the knife at least ready to plunge into Because, again, in his mind, it was an accomplished act. God already knew the faith of Abraham. Abraham needed to know the faith of Abraham. Hence, the trial had to come. Does that make sense? Because could have Abraham known? Okay, I have asked the question, what if we lived in a communist country and the authorities were to bust in these doors and to... Say to each of us, arrest all of us and say, deny Christ or we're going to kill you. What would your response be? I've had a lot of people say, well, I'd hope I make the right choice, but I don't know. Well, you know why we don't know? Because we're not faced with it. But those who have been faced with it know because they've been faced with it. Does that make sense? So we think we have the faith, but we don't really know until we're tried. And when we are tried, then we know we have the faith when we can learn to trust God. So the trial is not for God's benefit, it's for our benefit. I hope that sinks in, Christian. I hope that makes sense to you, that God allows it, not that he needs the information, but we do. Because when we trust God through a trial, we see our faith in action. Which brings us then to our last point, the rewards for enduring trials. James tells us in James 1:12, "Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him." Now it specifically says, this is a crown for those that have endured temptations. but it is an everlasting reward. Now, again, I believe when we receive the crowns at the judgment seat of Christ, we're not going to keep those crowns. We're not going to run around heaven sitting there saying, Oh look at Al! He only got four crowns. Did you notice I got six? I know, right? Because that would make heaven a miserable place, wouldn't it? Or if Al got eight and I got two, then now Al would like that better. See, (laughs) because now Al be coming to me like, "Ah, "How you doing, Pastor? Did you notice uh, how many crowns I got?" That would make heaven a miserable place, wouldn't it? Yeah, the other way around it would be. (laughs) But we are going to take those crowns and we're going to be laying them back at the Savior's feet because we realize we don't deserve them. It's only because of him that we had those crowns in the first place. They all belong to him. Now, I want you to think of that. Because it's really not about how many crowns I have or how many crowns Al has. It's how many crowns am I going to be, I personally am going to be able to lay back at his feet, at the feet of Jesus Christ, for what he has done for me. That's what matters, folks. And so I want to earn these crowns, these rewards, because I want to be able to say thank you to my Savior with proof that I loved him and served him. Does that make sense? Because all I can say and sing, oh, how I love Jesus... But that day, standing at the judgment seat of Christ will show how much have I really loved Jesus. But again, let's look at verse seven, that the trial of your faith being much more precious that out of gold to, go to perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Praise honor and glory at His appearing. We need to praise Him for his strength, and for his deliverance. Honor him, for he gives the victory. Glory, because he deserves all glory. And I do not want to be ashamed of his coming. As First John two twenty eight tells us, Now little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Have you ever thought, as we think about the rapture, the imminence of the rapture could happen at any moment, right? What do you want to be doing at the moment Jesus Christ comes back? What do you want to be doing at the moment that trumpet sounds? I can think of a lot of things I don't want to be doing. And John says we'd be ashamed of his coming. Let me ask you, what in your life would you possibly be doing that you would be shamed if you were doing that when he came? Then truthfully, you're not living as though he could come at any moment. Because that should keep us from doing those things. Because He can come at any moment, right? We need to be prepared. So praise, honor, and glory, which all belong to God. But then another reward for enduring trials is just a closer walk with God. There's a closeness that only those who have gone through great trials know. And as you go through the trials of life, you can draw closer And closer to God. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Abraham's walk with God was different when he came down off that mountain with Isaac than before he went up that mountain with Isaac? I guarantee you it was. I guarantee you Abraham felt a little closer to God. Wouldn't you believe that? Do you believe David felt a little closer to God coming off the battlefield carrying Goliath's head than he did before he went on the battlefield? Do you believe that at the end of Job's life, he was walking closer to God than he was at the beginning? What made the difference? The trials they endured. Do you believe Joseph, sitting on the throne, was a man who was much closer to God than the man who was sold into slavery by his brothers? I promise you he was. And I've used Joseph as an example many times because as I read the account of Joseph... I can see about three or four points in that account where I would say, I've had enough. I'm done. But he kept serving God anyhow. I don't mean this to be discouraging news, but trials are going to come in life. So we might as well accept the fact that there's going to be hard times in life. Now the question is, what am I going to do when those hard times come? Am I going to realize this trial is allowed by God? I can choose to draw closer to him, And I can make it through this trial by His grace, His strength. Or am I going to become angry and bitter at God and turn away from Him? If I choose to respond correctly in the trial, God has promised to draw me closer to Him. And I can assure you that you will be strengthened in the trial. And you will come out the other side with a few... Fewer impurities, the dross will be removed. You'll be more Christ-like on the other side. I know in this room, many trials that many of you have faced or are facing. It encourages me to watch as church members respond to trials in a godly fashion and watch God use that to help them grow in ways they never even thought possible. Learning patience, learning endurance, learning simply to trust God, learning to walk with Him. Now remember, as Peter is writing this letter, the church is already starting to have the persecution of the church, but it's going to intensify under the reign of Nero, and the signs of the intensification are already there. And so he is giving this letter of encouragement to these Christians The trials are already here, but they're going to get worse. But you can handle them. But understand something. We can handle the trials not in our own strength, but through the power of God, and that's how we learn to trust Him more. We can still have joy even in trials. Because again, go back to verse 5, who are kept by the power of God. God is keeping us by His power. The trials help purify us, improve our faithfulness, And God will reward us for enduring the trials. So Christian, let's learn to handle trials the way God desires for us. Let's bow forward to prayer.